Oh Lord, open my lips. And my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. seated. Our Old Testament reading for this evening comes from the book of Genesis, the second chapter, beginning with the 18th verse. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading comes from the letter to Philippians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As you're able, please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. They said to her, None of your relatives is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. This is the name by which he will be Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. You may be seated as we sing hymn number 344. Maybe you've heard about the little six-year-old boy who announced one day, I'm running away from home. His parents asked him, what will you do when you run out of food? Well, that's easy. He said, I'll come home for more. What will you do when you run out of money? That's easy. He said, I'll come home for more. 
What will you do when your clothes get dirty? Well, that's easy, he said. I'll come home for more. Dad turned to Mom and said, This kid isn't running away from home. This kid's going away to college. <laughs> the fact is that real running away from home, it requires far more work. But did you know that people of all ages are running away from home in a number of ways and in record numbers? And if they didn't completely run away from home, there's still a number of people who avoid family or certain family members, especially for the holidays. The pain of sick families is so great that people, kids, grown kids, adults, husbands, wives, will run almost anywhere else to experience a different kind of love and acceptance. And on the one hand, it's not hard to see why. Hard things happen in families. We began last week with Zechariah and Elizabeth, and remember the circumstances that were so devastating to them, longing to have children and they couldn't, while friends and relatives delighted in children and eventually grandchildren. Zechariah and Elizabeth had shattered dreams and dashed hopes. There must have been times when each of them simply wanted to run away. Homes can sometimes be tough places, can't they? Maybe your conflict concerns money there's just never enough or raising children either too strict or too lax or where you're going on the next trip that you're going to take we always go where you want to go and let's be honest the approaching holiday can sometimes stir up all kinds of history but here's the key family conflict is not the issue I'm going to say that again because it bears repeating. And it's not just families. It's about all of relationships. Everyone you interact with, conflict is not the issue. How we handle conflict. Now there's the issue. The relationship can be handled in a couple of ways. Three ways, really, that the sinful human nature reacts to conflict. When conflict strikes, our first option is my way. Let me make this clear. The relationship is running on my agenda, my needs, my wants. After all, I'm always right, you're always wrong, and that's why my way's the best way and your way's the wrong way. And if you don't like it, you can hit, guess what? The highway. My way. Another option, it's often the other side of the coin, is your way. I give in without a word. I roll over and play dead. I give in to your way without any conversation. There's an epidemic in America of people approaching any kind of relationship difficulty in a manner that's best described as staring off into space or staring more often into a screen. It has spread especially among husbands and fathers, mimicking Adam's first sin of just sitting there when a conversation needs to happen. And that's not to say there shouldn't be time for sitting and staring. It's when the staring off happens instead of a hard conversation. Shrug the shoulders and just say, well, just do whatever you think we should do. Just make every decision, honey. And whether or not we're talking about a marriage or a friendship or a neighborhood or any other kind of relationship, the other person usually thinks this is a good deal for a while. But eventually, there's always a desire to get some genuine input from the person who just sits there. And what does the other person then do when that happens? The exact wrong thing. Try to force it. I want you to have an opinion on this. 
okay, then go with that one. Did you just pick that one at random because I told you to have an opinion on this? And the cycle goes on. See, a few people started shifting uncomfortably. I'm sorry if this sermon's hitting a little too close to home. There's a third way, and that's no way. It's not my way, it's not your way, it's no way. I back away. I ignore the problem. I avoid it at all costs, actively preventing a decision from being made, or I use discussion killers, like, oh, will you just grow up? Or give me a break. Or I can't believe you're making such a big deal out of this. And all of these things just cut the whole thing short so we can't talk anymore. Solve this conflict? No way. Go to my room? Lock the door. Not yes, not no, just I can't even. But the time never comes. Zechariah and Elizabeth, though, were led to another way. And that would be our way. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. They were going to name him after his father, Zechariah, but his mother spoke up and said, no, he's to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. They made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. Zechariah had doubted the angel Gabriel's promise that God would give him a son. So Gabriel told him he wouldn't be able to speak until after his son's birth. So for nine months, Zechariah was unable to speak to anyone. Imagine the quiet in that house. It didn't stop the two of them from agreeing. When their son was born, in the midst of all the hubbub regarding his son's name, Zechariah asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Amazing. When it came to naming their son, Zechariah and Elizabeth, it wasn't my way, it wasn't your way, it wasn't no way, it was our way. We're united on this. And again, it isn't just marriage material. This is for every group of people who are ever forced to interact or whoever get to interact. On the surface, in an earthly way, our way has some important qualities. Our way means we care about solving the problem. But I especially care about healing our relationship. Our way attacks the issue. It doesn't attack the person. It emphasizes the relationship over the problem. And there's a big difference. But on a deeper level, this one is key. Why did both Zechariah and Elizabeth insist on naming the son John? It's because that's what the angel said in Luke 1. You might say that was easy for them to agree. God told them what to agree on. Mean like this? The fact is that there are too many people on this earth, in our country, in our state, in our area, too many people in our lives for there to be any our way unless it starts with God's way. Because God's way is the way of grace. God's way is a savior giving us new life, giving us forgiven life, giving us eternal life. God's grace reconciles us to him and God's grace reconciles us to each other. Seeing any other way but God's, we're going to miss the point. On December 17th, 1903, Orville and Wilbur Wright got their flying machine off the ground. The airplane was born. In their excitement, they sent a telegraph to their sister Catherine back in Ohio. To keep costs down, their telegram simply said, flew 120 feet. 
we'll be home for Christmas. When Catherine got the news, she ran to the local newspaper in Dayton, Ohio, showed the telegraph to the editor. He glanced at it and said, oh, how nice. The right boys will be home for Christmas. They missed the point. Yes, it was nice the boys would be home for Christmas, but a person had flown in an airplane for the first time, 120 feet, and he missed it. How often do we miss this time of year? It's almost a Christian cliche to remind one another that Jesus is the reason for the season, and yet we still get caught up in the tinsel and the toys, the trees, the trimmings, while those things are nice. Just like it was nice that the Wright brothers would come home for Christmas, it's not the big news. The big news at Christmas is that God himself took flight. And in a way that nobody has ever seen, God himself took flight from heaven and joined his creation on this earth. The eternal word became mortal flesh and dwelt among us. And he did it to show us his way of grace. And when it comes to grace, Jesus did it perfectly. Ultimately, he went willingly. Our way is a way of sacrifice. Jesus went to Calvary where he took upon himself all of our sin. And rising on the third day, Jesus now lives as the gracious Lord of heaven and earth. And now we live in that reality. Forgiven by grace overflowing with grace, forever in grace, whatever may come, in the holidays or whenever, we can talk about what we need without fear of someone beating us over the head with it. We can hear needs and we can strive to meet them. We can express how we feel about something and we can talk it through. We can trust that the other person has our best interest at heart. We can have the other's best interest in heart. And in communities, in churches, in families, whatever this season might be like for you, life together will be done God's way. It's Zechariah and Elizabeth's way. And wouldn't you know it, by the grace of God, it's our way too. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I invite you to rise as we sing. Let my prayer rise before you as incense. And the lifting up of my
seated. We continue our time together this evening with the gathering of our gifts, offerings, and tithes. you to rise for prayer, beginning with the Kyrie. As we pray for our families, let us open our hearts to God's love and compassion. For fathers and mothers, grandfathers and grandmothers, we pray for wisdom and courage. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, when times get tough, assure us that your promises never end, and your presence never disappoints, and your plan never, ever fails. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, turn our hearts toward home. Heal fractured relationships, bind up broken homes, and restore our marriages. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For all children and young people, we pray that they would grow in wisdom and in stature, in favor with you and with people. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. For all those who are sick or alone, especially we name before you silently those who are in our hearts even now. We pray not only for healing, but we pray for our church family to love them and reach out to them. Lord, in your mercy. Compassionate God, hear our prayers and the silent prayers in our hearts. This we ask in the name of Jesus, your son, who teaches us to pray the family prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O oh Lord, hear my prayer, and let my cry come to you. 
God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works. Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You may be seated as we sing. pray right now for the food we're about to eat. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let thy gifts to us be blessed. Amen. Dig in.